and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Hardis, and today we are going through all things injuries. By we, I mean myself and none other than PFF's own Dwayne The Rock McFarland, Andrew Erickson, nine, count them, ninth year anniversary with the old girlfriend. As I told Andrew, I thought it had a nice ring to it, but he is taking this weekend off. Dwayne, how are you, my friend? Man, I'm good. Just, you know, hat tip. Congrats to Andrew. Nine years. Like, wow. Like, and, 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 you know, if you guys don't know this, like Andrew, he, he goes to a lot of weddings, you know, and you go to a lot of weddings and you've been engaged nine years. There's gotta be a lot of pressure, Ian. I don't know how he deals with it, but he does shows up, kills it every week. Got to give a big hat tip to Andrew. Gotta love it. Yeah. He basically said the, the, the girl asked for Friday and Saturday off. Otherwise there wasn't going to be a 10th. And I said, that is very fair. <laughs> we will, uh, we will see you next week, but as always here on this edition of the PFF fantasy football podcast, we're going to go through all the injury reports, let you know who to worry about, who's fine. And if someone is out who you should be playing instead. So starting off at the quarterback position, we got Dak Prescott, AKA rain Dakota Prescott questionable with that calf injury. He was limited. And basically what they were saying, Saying is on Friday after we tried to ramp it up on Thursday, he was a little bit more sore than expected. So, you know, pick whatever quote you want from Dak, from Jerry Jones, from whoever, and you're going to have a different feel from it. He is officially questionable. It'll be Cooper Rush under center. If not, this does explain, you know, the fairly extreme line movement. I think if Dak is fully ruled out, I mean, we'll see the Vikings be over a touchdown favorite. So I wouldn't say that, you know, the Cowboys swinging from a one point favorite to a three point dog signifies Dak is out because again, I think the Vikings will probably be six point favorites if Dak was out of this one, but certainly the uncertainty around the matter has caused this to happen. Dwayne, even if Dak is out, man, I still think people could probably have a hard time benching any of Zeke, CD and Cooper. Yeah. I think you would have to be in a shallow league. Um, where you just, you know, you see some of these loaded rosters that we sometimes see, like in those cases, I could see it, but if you're playing, you know, in big national contests, like the FFPC, the NFFC, that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have to roll with these guys. It, it's bad. Like this, it's a huge drop off from Dak, right. To Cooper rush. But at the same time, it's, it's not a game where the Cowboys can probably just literally do nothing and win. They're going to have, they're going to have to do more than just run the ball. Like, I think obviously that will be, their first Avenue. And that's what they would try to lean into using play action and that kind of stuff. I think Ian, you're, if you don't get that, basically what you're hoping for is like a big play out of either Amari, you know, or CD lamb, but knowing that it is a good enough matchup against Minnesota, when I say good enough, like meaning they're going to have to get out of their box, like to just win the game. They can't just sit, it's not like they're playing the Jaguars or the lions where they could be like, Oh, we'll just, do we'll just basically take the Sean Payton with Jameis Winston stance that just do as little as possible to win. That's how they'll start the game. But eventually the Vikings are going to score points because the Cowboys defense is not good. It's opportunistic. The Cowboys defense is opportunistic. It's not like the stonewall defense. So yeah, I think you're going to have to, for the most part, you'll be keeping them in unless you're just super deep or you're playing in a shallow league. Trey Lance questionable with a knee injury. Jimmy Garoppolo has already been called the starter. Regardless, we'll see how long that sticks. Again, third worst in both big time throw rate and turnover worthy play rate. I'm pretty surprised, Dwayne. That, I mean, look, I know Fields and company have been bad, but what have the 49ers done this year to be three and a half point road favorites? I don't know. I'm not a professional gambler. I, that one's I'm with you. <laughs> I, they've done nothing to earn that. 
Zach Wilson is out for at least this week, looking like another one with the knee issue. Joe Flacco is not going to be ready, which means it is Mike White under center for the New York Jets going up against the Bengals. They are understandably 10 and a half point dogs in that one. And with Corey Davis now looking doubtful with a hip issue, which we'll talk about a little bit more later, looking like Michael Carter is the only person in that Jets offense that you can even consider starting in fantasy land. We also have Baker Mayfield starting, playing through the pain with that AC joint from Kevin Stefanski. He said that Baker functionally is he's hundred percent. So I think we all can relate to that kind of feel. So Baker will be giving it a go, but Dwayne, like this has already been a Browns offense that wants to run the ball more than just about anyone. Yeah. We know Baker. I don't want to start. I don't want to start Baker anyway. So Baker, now that he's I, mean, hurt, like, I really don't want to start him. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I don't want to even touch Beckham or Landry. I think it's Nick Chubb is the only one we really feel confident about this week. And Dearness is an okay flex. Here's my thought. If you, if you're willing to play back, look, Beckham has separate concerns with the shoulder. It's been limited. So he could get, end up getting knocked out of the game, but I'll be honest with you. Case Keenum is the same thing as Baker Mayfield. Like there's not even a downgrade. Like this is an offense that just wants a caretaker at quarterback. They're going to run the ball as much as they can, unless they're forced out of it. They're going to use play action. And guess what? Case Keenum has actually played in this offense before. It was in Minnesota three years ago, and he was just as good, if not better, than Baker Mayfield for fantasy purposes. Well, actually, let's say for real-life purposes. That (laughs) team got deep in the playoffs. So I wouldn't say deep, but that team got into the playoffs and had a surprise win against the Saints, you know, where they got the walk-off with Diggs um, on that throw from Keenum. Now, Keenum definitely throws some what-the-hell balls, you know, where you're like, okay, that was just a blatant pick, but so does Baker Mayfield. So to me, honestly – I know this can make a lot of Browns fans mad, but I don't see a difference in Baker Mayfield and Case Keenum. Moving on to running back. We got Saquon Barkley, who Joe Judge was optimistic about his chances of practicing on Friday. Of course, Saquon did not end up practicing. Still looking like he's a week away from returning from that ankle sprain. Continue to fire up, people. Devontae Booker as a volume-based RB2. He has handled 20, 16, and 17 combined carries and targets over the past three weeks. Leaves him as one of just 10 running backs with more than 50 expected fantasy points during that time. Nick Chubb not only practiced in full on Friday with the calf injury, he is not even listed on the injury report. Dwayne, we can go back to 2019. That was when Kareem Hunt was suspended for the first eight weeks. Stefanski wasn't there, but hey, Stefanski was there in 2020 when we saw Kareem Hunt really get an every down role once Chubb was out of the picture. Chubb did play that role in 2019 without Hunt. What kind of like snap touch split are you expecting you see us being more 60 40 in favor of chubb the earn is still eating or do you see it potentially being like an 80 90 percent let's see how many times we can give nick chubb the ball because dearness johnson played so well last weekend and he's actually flashed a little bit before yeah i think we're talking like 65 percent you know for chubb that's you know fair. maybe 70 percent. but i think and look that's not bad that's normal outside of a very few just like two to three backs like if you're getting to 65, 75% of the snaps, typically you're pretty much an every down back and you're getting spelled. And so that's still okay. Um, I'm super, I don't know where you have Chubb this week. Um, and, you know, I just went to have lunch and got back and got to see that the full practice had happened, but I had him at number seven before that. And part of it is it's still a tough matchup. You've got the Steelers, you know, that's the worst, that's the worst matchup from a running back strength of schedule on the slate, you know, from a standpoint of our PFF grades, but you still have a really good offensive line. And so it's like, it's almost like part of the Steelers strength is kind of muted by the fact that 
when you look at the Browns, they're like, oh yeah, well, we're also kind of badass up front. So, and, and we've seen Chubb actually play well before against the Steelers. So I'm kind of contemplating, like, do I move him up? I mean, seven's pretty high. Like uh, I've got him just below Jonathan Taylor right now. I've got JT at six. I've got Daryl Henderson at five. And so I've got Chubb at seven. I've got Kamara at eight and I had Aaron Jones at nine. So that's about, I don't know where you have Chubb, but I'm thinking 65 to 70% of the touches tough matchup, but man, it's just hard. If Nick Chubb's going to get all the work behind that line, it's hard to not love him. I have Chubb a little bit lower actually at RB 13, just because I'm not sure. Cause that's kind of like where I think his usage suggested he kind of should be um, before the injury occurred. I had Aaron Jones as my RB three this week, just fully anticipating him getting fed um, like he was on Thursday night. I got Alvin Kamara five with the receiving work finally turning around for him, but it is against the Buccaneers. I would definitely say that, you know, I'd see getting Chubb inside the top 10. He should be started in fantasy lineups of all shapes and sizes. It's kind of a moot point where we're going over and I really like him in DraftKings because I don't think he's going to have that higher rostership. So I have Trump ranked a little bit lower, but I'm going to be answering every single search question with a yes. Bigger issue to go over is Austin Eckler questionable with the hip injury. He comes off the bye week and practices in full on Wednesday. And then all of a sudden finishes the week with back-to-back DMP. So this is an injury that seemingly happens sometime between, uh, practice ending on Wednesday and then the beginning of Thursday. So officially questionable. Now, Dwayne, we have seen Eckler play as a questionable player, as a game time decision who wasn't able to practice, you know, towards the end of the week before, not the same injury, but clearly he's someone that they are comfortable starting, maybe reining back his workload a little bit, but still giving him a usable enough role. You know, I will be dropping him in the ranks, obviously compared to when I thought he was going to be at full health, but still shaping up. I think as someone that we can start with, I guess, more confidence in your usual running back coming off a of DMP. If he is out, I know Kelly's been the kind of main backup lately, but you could argue Justin Jackson is going to get the pass down work. Then we got Larry Roundtree potentially just further complicating matters. So I would lean just no on the backups and I will be starting Eckler as long as he's active. We don't have some sort of horrific report about only emergency only. Is that kind of how you're looking at the situation? Yeah. Yeah. I would lean to no just because we don't know for sure. I would say Kelly, I would, my guess would be Kelly will handle 40 to 50% of the rushing load. Mm-hmm. But I can't say it for sure. My guess is Justin Jackson would get more of the passing down work, but it could just end up to your point being a complete more like Ravens kind of situation, (laughs) you know, where it's just all three backs involved. I love the offense and it's just a week where we've only got two teams on by. Right. And we don't have a ton of backs hurt this week. Like we've got a few here that we're going to talk through, but a lot of them are just ones that we've been used to all year. Like don't even count like Deandre Swift and Antonio Gibson. Um, for the most part, it's pretty clean week as far as injuries go. And then we've got everybody else playing. So yeah, I would try to steer clear if I had to, if I'm in a super deep format and you're like Dwayne in, you have to pick one. I've got to use one of these guys. I would lean, I would lean to Kelly like, and, and, Look, it's like we say all the time, like we can't read the coaches' minds. We can't do any of that stuff. But all we can do is look at the data. The data, the trend is that Kelly would probably, probably, probably be the lead back. But what does lead back even mean in that situation? I don't think you or I can like confidently tell anyone. I would consider playing like Kelly ahead of your McKissicks, your Singletaries, your Naeem Hines' types of the worlds. But I still yeah, I think that's fair. I'd even fire up like the Broncos guys and like Michael Carter and Gaskin, especially now. And like, maybe even the Ernest Johnson over him though. That's kind of like that. I, I agree. That's probably about the spot. Like 
I, I would I would can start considering him over Damian Williams. He he falls in he would fall in the tier like when I, if I make this adjustment later today, it'd be like along with Damian Williams and Boston Scott. Okay, I'll put him like a little that. bit ahead of Naheem Hines. You know all these guys, and now Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram. Now that they've got probably a little bit bigger roles somewhere in there, I'd probably put him just ahead of those guys, but below like your your Pollards. Your con well, Connor already played probably right around Devin Singletary, like is about where I would feel. Same page. All right. As you said, not too many running back injuries. We do have one more discussion now. I'll just run through some of the other guys. But Miles Sanders has been put on the injured reserve with the ankle injury. From what it sounds like, uh, we had PFS on Mario Pilato say that he's not expecting uh, Sanders to be out for longer than the three-week timetable. So not of the season-ending variety. But it should, should, maybe be the Kenneth game will show at least for the next few weeks. Now, Dwayne, I know you have some information on what we saw with Gamewell and Scott with Sanders out last week. It is worth noting though, that Jordan Howard is expected to be activated from the practice squad. He was getting some run with the starters. So we know Gamewell as should at least get the majority of the pass down work, Dwayne, that would be annoying though. If we get Howard added to the equation, he starts doing his annoying vulture stuff. Yeah, I think he's the wild card because I think you really could see Howard take over some of the early down work. I think he could take over even some of the short down and distance work. I mean, I think the two-minute offense, to your point, the long down and distance, probably most of, you know, the routes, like if a team, if a player is going to lead the team in routes, those will all still be game well. Um, I thought actually Jared Smola from Draft Sharks today, like put out a really good you know, tweet when I tweeted out this utilization stuff around these two backs, Gainwell and Scott, after Miles Sanders was out last week. I'll go ahead and give you guys this real quick. So this, after you had Miles Sanders leave last week, here are the snaps. Gainwell, 57%. Bernard, uh, Scott, anyway, whatever. It's not Bernard <laughs> Scott. Why is my mind going blank, Ian? Um, anyway, so attempts, 42%, 58%. Targets, 27% to Gainwell, 5% to Scott. Routes, 61% to Gainwell. 39% to Scott long down and distance, 80% to 20%. And remember long down distance is whenever you've got over three yards to go and it's third or fourth down short down and distance means one to two yards and it's either fourth or third down. That's 75% to Gainwell and only 25% to Scott. And then it was almost split on the two minute offense, which Gainwell has had most of the two minute offense all year over Scott. And so, um, but they're both really kind of the same. They're both receiving backs, which is why I really do think Howard will have a little bit of a, of a role, but I liked what Jared Smola had put out there on Twitter after I tweeted those utilization data points out. And he was like, think of like the upside scenario of Gainwell really being um, Chase Edmonds, you know, a back that's going to see 50 to 60% of the snaps, but he may only handle 30 to 40% of the rushing attempts, you know, maybe get 15, 17, 18% of the targets. So I think that's actually a pretty good comp and a lesser offense as to what we would hope for the ceiling for Gainwell. So I'm interested in, you know, and I know you're, you haven't done your final stuff, but where do you have Gainwell right now in your ranks? Well, I had Edmonds RB 22. I got Gamewell RB 25. So kind of on the same page there with the Howard <laughs> news. I think I will be dropping Gamewell a little bit. RB 27 looks a little bit um, better, maybe 28 with Gaskin, probably getting a little bump up with Michael Brown and IR. So something around there, I think uh, I would put him, you know, ahead of uh, the dude we were just talking about who I'm starting to lose track of names as well i put him ahead yeah. of any sort of chargers back uh that ends up coming yeah kelly yeah, yeah. i knew I, you man I, I think he's a mid <laughs> i think he's a mid-tier rb3 that i could see us saying yes to more times than not and start sick questions 
Yeah. So I've got Boston Scott at 40. I've got Kenneth Gainwell at 26. I'm with you. I will probably drop Gainwell down two to three spots. Um, just knowing that it probably look, they're going to give Jordan Howard probably five to 10 carries. That's what I worry about. And there's not that I say five to 10, the Eagles don't even run the ball 10 times in a game. Ian. This is true. Uh, so, I mean, they're going to get, let's, let's rephrase that. They're going to give two to three carries to Jordan Howard, which will be 30% of the attempts for the team. But what's interesting, like, is this the week of all weeks in like where they're playing the lions? Like it's a great matchup. You know, they're actually favored in the game. So it could be a manageable script. So it'll be interesting to see what the Eagles do this week with the backfield. But I, I agree with you on, on the ranges of where you had game. All right. Some ones we can just run through here pretty quick. Jamal Williams questionable with a thigh. Now previous weeks this year, he was listed as questionable. That was actually due to a hip issue. So this was something that happened where he got added on Thursday. He was full on Wednesday, but he was able to get in another limited practice on Friday. I am expecting him to play through that Swift. Deandre Swift is once again, listed as questionable. This has been his normal schedule schedule while playing through his groin injury. Expect Swift to continue to work ahead and pass down situations. Hey, maybe just maybe if the Lions can keep things competitive against the Eagles, though. Jamal gets a little more run than usual. We also have Alex Collins listed as questionable as he was last week. He didn't practice on Thursday, but he also didn't practice the first two days last week as well. And they yeah, gave and we also see the Seahawks do this a lot. Like they do this thing right. where they'll have somebody practice and then they'll actually give them a DNP. That's what Metcalf just had. That's yeah, exactly. Metcalf's done that for like two weeks now. So and he did he's doing it again this week. Sorry to interrupt. You're good. You're good. So Collins officially questionable. Uh, We did see Rashad Penny get some run. I, out of all these kind of backup running backs, like I've soured the most on Collins. I have him behind Daryl, behind Booker, behind Chuba, behind Herbert, all these guys, because it does seem like they want Penny to maybe get more involved here. With that said, he is still shaping up as a home favorite against the Jaguars who should be seeing 15 touches. So Collins don't feel quite as good about him as maybe we did last week or the week before, but still, someone that you can confidently where do you have him now ian rb24 okay i got him at 27 which is and i have him right next to gainwell i'm probably flipping those two i I have them right next to each other as well so yeah so yeah we're close okay antonio gibson not listed on the injury report that's a nice boost yeah full practice on friday Dwayne. maybe just maybe we get a couple targets i don't know shiver me timbers So, yeah, I was expecting to sit here talking about how he's going to play through the questionable tag, but he's not even listed, so that's good to see. And, yeah, you know, in Denver, obviously not a great matchup, but I understand if uh, you people don't have much better options there. Uh, Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines, they keep getting listed with these ribs, but neither one was listed on the final injury report, so they are good to go. Tevin Coleman is out with a hamstring. Another week of more Michael Carter. Hopefully Mike White continues to check it down to his heart's desire. Uh, Chris Evans has been ruled out with the hamstring injury. Just another reminder to keep an eye on that Joe Mixon, Samaje Piran usage. Uh, for those that didn't catch Dwayne and I's breakdown, we noted that Piran played an all but one of the third downs for the Bengals last week. So Mixon, look, he's facing the Jets. He's a big favorite. He deserves to be a rock solid RB1 this week. But the difference between him, you know, flirting with that top five ranking and him being more of a borderline RB1 is that pass down work. And then finally, Dwayne, sad day. We were talking about this before. Before the show started, but Darrington Evans not practicing on Friday with a knee and then went ahead and placed on injured reserve for the second time 
ending his season. Someone that, you know, I certainly had a nice chunk of in the best ball streets throughout the summer. Someone that we were telling people to, hey, go give this guy a potential bench ad if the roster can handle it because he was projecting as the key backup for Derrick Henry. So at this point, Dwayne, I mean, it's Jeremy McNichols by default, but I really think they would just bring someone in and, you know, basically just pray that Henry doesn't get hurt. Yeah. Uh, Look, the way I look at this is I have about 80% of my leagues now have an open spot (laughs) where I can go turn someone through because Darrington Evans is a player that I had rostered a ton. So hate to hear this for him, but yeah, I I agree with you. I think they would need to do something knowing the way, the style of this offense and how much they like to run the ball. I just don't see that being a full-time role for McNichols. Um, Having said that, like he should probably be on rosters right now in deeper formats, because until they get it figured out, he might be in role. He might be in line for, a decent role for a week or two, right? Because if it's the person that's not on their roster now, I mean, I don't really, I haven't looked at their practice squad. Here we go. I am. Even, I'm, I'm looking right look now. You. you are. We got, this is why they pay you the big bucks. We got, I'm going to botch this name. Mikai Sargent. That's our new guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Out of, he, out of yeah. Key West, Florida. Yeah, he's actually he's actually had a couple carries. Yeah. He's, so he's yeah, that's who it would probably be. So, but it's just like, it's less exciting. Like when you hear that name and, and who knows, like maybe he's fine but I'm with you. It's like, I still wonder, like, are they going to sign someone? But it's interesting. Like pretty much everyone has been signed up because the way that the, the IR rules and practice squad rules work now um, because of COVID and they basically, you know, obviously COVID's still going on, but they'll probably end up keeping a lot of this stuff in place. And so a lot of backs that would normally just be sitting out there, they're gone. They're not on the market. Like Ian's favorites, like Duke Johnson, they're signed, they're on rosters, you know? So uh, I don't, I don't know who, the, the list is not super long of people that you could go get there. Two I mean, words, you Dwayne. could poach someone else's practice squad, but you know, you could have to pay something. So I don't know. Two words, Dwayne, Frank Gore <laughs> on to wide receivers, bunch of news on the Browns. Again, though, people, we are expecting to say run first Browns offense and not too much really concentrated target share for any of these guys. With that said, Odell Beckham listed as questionable as he continues to play through the AC joint issue. He has already come out and said he's not going to have surgery in season and, you know, just end things. So just realize that severe re-aggravation, you know, we are past the point of just assuming that Beckham is going to be able to put this together. He deserves to be treated, treated, tweeted treated there we go as a wide receiver for this week Jarvis Landry uh, not listed on the final injury report with the knee he probably should be ranked a little bit ahead of Beckham but even then we're looking at more of a low ceiling wide receiver three Donovan People Jones has been ruled out with that groin injury so nothing too much to talk about in Cleveland Dwayne we do have a probable returning T.Y. Houghton he managed to get in a full practice on Friday after initially not being able to make the field um, he had the neck injury Injury that left him out until week six, I believe. Then he suffered the quad issue. I don't think that many people are going to be signing up to really roster Hilton with that much confidence, but how do you think this impacts Michael Pittman? I don't like it because I mean, we, we broke this down a little bit earlier in the week with the Colts. It's like, if they can, what they've shown they want to do now is they really want to be super balanced. And when I say balance, it's actually in today's NFL, it's like run heavy. Like they want to be like 50, 50, um, and they're throwing the ball more to the backs, even on the early downs. And so now if you're going to throw the ball to the backs on early downs, you're going to want to run the ball more and you're going to, you're going to divvy up targets between someone besides just Michael Pittman 
I think that hurts his stock really the rest of the way, Ian. I guess the positive you could say is that the offense is playing better. Wentz is slowly playing better, but it's just not a high volume offense. And the problem is over the last few weeks with Pittman, we haven't seen the early season, you know, target share hog. We haven't seen the 30 percenters, right? We've seen 15s and 17s and 18 percents, and that's not enough in an offense like this. Now, last week he would have been higher, um, had we not had to erase right some of the penalties, he did have two PIs inside the five, one inside the end zone for Pittman. So he could have had an even bigger day in the utilization box score than he did. But overall, I don't like it. I just anytime you've got a run heavy offense that I don't think is great, I put the Colts offense as average, right? Yeah. And now you're having to you're having to divvy that up more ways than one. I think it makes it kind of like a roulette wheel. It's like, okay, well, am I betting on black? Am I betting on red? I don't know which one. Is it going to be Hilton? Is it going to be Pittman? I basically need a touchdown. Um, I would much rather see Pittman assert himself no matter what, even with Hilton active. Like if we got a couple of weeks of that, you could change my mind. But right now I'm just bet out. Yeah, and for those that caught uh, my – DFS podcast with Andrew Erickson, which is out on Friday every week. Pittman was someone that we were talking about having in that cash game build alongside Chris Goblin. I think now the way things are shaping up, um, I'm happy to get off of kind of Copper Henry trying to go up that high. And what you can do is basically go Goblin with T Higgins, who is right there at the same price point as Pittman, maybe even a hundred bucks cheaper, and then go up and get one of Ridley, Keenan Allen, Deontay Johnson, whoever you fancy, and then go ahead and bring it back with Najee. So that would be my DFS update from this news. Over with the Giants. I mean, Joe Judge, what the hell, man? He said he was optimistic that <laughs> he's Galladay, just optimistic, but no one's going to play. He's just optimistic. He's an optimistic guy. <laughs> so said Galladay and Saquon should be back. Neither of them were. So Kenny G looking like he is trending towards missing another game with the knee. And good news Sterling Shepard said on Thursday he is feeling good now after getting in a limited practice. And then he went ahead and backed that up with another appearance at practice on Friday. And then we have Kadarius Tony, who returned to practice on Friday with that ankle injuries so i think you know Dwayne, with all due respect to kenny galladay and some of his contested catch goodness this is awesome having shepherd and tony out there for daniel jones going up against a chief's defense that let's face it we haven't seen them do much at all i think if people are out there you know you expected to have your fields or your lance and you're really looking thin at quarterback don't sleep on Daniel Jones having himself a nice second half because really this year he's been great when he hasn't been concussed or playing with complete nobodies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Tony knew like Shepard is obviously huge, but Tony gives you that, that electric ability where the quarterback does a little and the receiver does a lot like, and that that's the kind of people you really want. If you've got an average to below average quarterback, let's just face it. Like in real life, that's what Daniel Jones is at this point. Not saying he could never be better than that folks, but that's just kind of where we are. And we love him as a fantasy player because he also rushes, but Tony just gives you that ability that, wow, any play could be boom. It could just be like you throw it five yards. He takes it the next 60 and does the rest of the work. So that's always an upgrade when you can have a weapon like that in your offense. Couple more receiver situations. Corey Davis started the week with a full practice. He is now looking doubtful after finishing the week with a DMP. His own head coach said it's not looking good for week eight. Dwayne, I think this just says like play Michael Carter and that's it. Cause we're going to get a rotation of like five jets receivers yeah. I mean, as much as I would yeah, like to say Flacco. Elijah Moore, but no. Yeah. So yeah, just, we're not getting Flacco. If, if you had at least Flacco and even then it'd be kind of dicey, despite the fact he knows the offense coming in this quick. Um, 
next week, maybe, maybe Flacco can do enough to stabilize things, but I agree with you. Yeah. It's going to be one less person in the rotation, which on one hand, you're like, okay, that's exciting. And then you're like, Oh, but who's the starting quarterback? Yeah. Mike White. So I would avoid it. If any of you sickos out there still want to go at this situation, I say Jamison Crowder, probably your best bet. Mike oh, Williams. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Mike Williams with the Chargers. Good to go. Practice in full all week after having that knee issue before That's their bye. Great to hear. And with Eckler potentially being out, man, Keenan and Mike Williams, all the targets. I like the idea of stacking them with Herbert and some GP. Jared Cook, great matchup this week, too. Yeah, even though Donald Parham might be better. DK Metcalf, uh, expecting him to be just fine. Again, same routine as the last two weeks where he just takes Thursday practice off to manage that foot injury. Debo Samuel scared everyone on Wednesday with the DMP, but Kyle Shanahan, like for once being a good guy and uh, giving us some info, already said that he is plenty optimistic. That I think Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan realizes that we've all turned on him <laughs> and we're done now. I think he, I think, you know, these younger coaches, they know what's going on in social media. I think at this point he's like, wow, I was kind of like this untouchable for so long and people are souring on me. Yes, we're souring on you, Kyle. Get your shit together. <laughs> but thank you for this isolated event, Kyle. Yes. So, Devo, yes no, we want to be encouraging and positive. So Kyle, we love you. We just want to say thank you. <laughs> but also get your <laughs> shit together, man. Uh, Devo, <laughs> continue to start him with confidence. Antonio Brown out with the ankle. With that in mind, Tyler Johnson will be in three wide receiver sets. But as we saw last week, you know, that could just mean far more target isolation for Chris Goblin and Mike Evans. Uh, Evans will be on Lattimore uh, Island this week. So we'll see what happens there. Chris Goblin is the one I am truly expecting to blow the hell up. Now, this one's a little interesting, Dwayne. We got Devontae Parker being floated out in a bunch of trade rumors he is on track to play this week per pro football networks adam beasley returning from that hamstring and shoulder injury we've seen this happen before where players right before the trade deadline get that kind of target hog game we have seen parker in the past you know win these battles against tradavius white am i galaxy brain this too much or like could parker maybe be someone that actually returns upside wide receiver three value in this spot no, I think he could, you know, I mean, look, Parker's biggest thing has always just really been, you know, his health. And then he had to live through Adam Gase, of course. Um, but look, he's a talented player. Like he's still a former first round pick. Yes. He hasn't lived up to it, but like he, he's a player that like, if you want to go contest the catch style, like he can, he can win for you. And we've seen Tua go to him in the past. In fact, last year down the stretch, he was Tua's most targeted player. Most people don't realize that people think, Oh, two has always just been the safe check down. Even before this year, pushing the ball more vertical in their new offense last year, Parker, you know, was his guy. Did Parker play better with Fitzpatrick because of his style? Yes. But he was still two as most par- targeted receiver for multiple weeks, whenever Parker was healthy. So I do think if he, and I do think he's fully back. Like he's been nursing this stuff for like three or four yeah. weeks now. Like, so I, the, the dolphins, Hey Mel guy, actually, this is, all the kids getting dropped off from school. Appreciate you backing up in the middle of the podcast. We all love you. Um, but anyway, yeah, when you look at Parker, I think he has the ability. You still got Will, Phil, Will Fuller out. Um, you know, so it's a situation where I'll, I'll probably have him like as an, a boom bust wide receiver for this in this weekend, you know, just because we've got a full slate. Also, we have Julio Jones ruled out with a hamstring. Hate to see it. A.J. Brown, 20 target season. I went on to the last game they played last week to uh, see what their wide receiver rotation was uh, other than Julio and each of Nick Westbrook-Akini, Josh Reynolds, and Marcus Johnson played between 29 and 30 snaps. So we are truly getting a three. And is Reynolds good to go? Because he was injured earlier before I went to lunch. Like the last I saw, he was 
questionable as well. That's a good question. And my next question yeah, is so Chester Rogers was questionable too. Like I was looking at it earlier. I was like, God, like they're going to have to like sign some dude off the street. Yeah. I'm pulling it up right now. Uh, I got Tennessee boom. So we have got, yeah. Julio Jones is out. Chester Rogers Chester's is good. off the injury report. So and he's going to play. Okay. Yeah. So we're, not that you're going to start either one of those, but they will at least have bodies. <laughs> but you could imagine. Uh, but yeah, AJB, wide receiver one season. Got to love it. Terry McLaurin removed from the injury report with a full practice on Thursday. First time in two weeks. Always happy to, see, to see Terry it. getting healthy. And Curtis Samuel out again with the groin. And Diami Brown out with the knee. Should lead to some more reps for DeAndre Carter and Adam Humphreys. But hey, it should just be Terry McLaurin eating uh, against the Denver Broncos secondary. That is good. But hey, you know. We'll take 15 targets to Terry McLaurin whenever we can get him. Dwayne, this one's a little interesting. So Jerry Judy, someone that they didn't want to bring out for the Thursday night game because they didn't think he was fully back to 100%. He didn't practice Friday after experiencing some soreness. We did have a big Banjo say that he's still optimistic Judy will make his return off the injured reserve. So if Judy is out there, I tend to think he'll be given his usual role because they didn't play him last Thursday night. Obviously if he is going to be limited, that's a positive for one Cortland Sutton. Yeah. Um, I think we have one more week though here, Ian, where you can just go ahead and trust Sutton, especially with this news. If Judy's going to be sore and who knows, this could be gamesmanship stuff from the Broncos. The Broncos are one of those teams that like they'll list their whole team as limited, like the whole thing. Um, so you just kind of have to watch the way some of these coaches handle it. So, um, Vic Fangio is one of those that when I hear it, I give it a little bit less, you know, credence that I would, you know, the Browns are another team that will list everyone as limited. So you kind of have to take all this stuff into context when you're looking at this, but yes, yeah, so if Judy's back, um, and I've got him on a lot of different rosters where, you know, I've got two flex spots I've got to fill. He's going to be out there, but if I'm in a shallower league, like I'm not going to force it if I don't have to. Um, you know, so I, I don't know, we'd have to talk about players that we would start over Jerry Judy. That's more of a start sit, sit thing for, you know, Sunday morning. But yeah, I, I think with Judy, we can trust one more week of Sutton. Like, I think he's going to be the lead. I think, you know, when I look at Judy, he's a borderline right at the, he's, I'm grading him as a low end wide receiver three this week. Yeah, not, a, not a low end wide receiver two. That's your brand. So I'm going to say low end wide receiver three. I have him. Wide receiver 35, Dwayne. <laughs> the same page. Oh, Chase yeah. Claypool removed from the injury report. He is ready to go. And just keep in mind, people, like I was more, I wasn't super concerned about Claypool with Juju out of the picture. But the fact that James Washington is the odd man out with Ray Ray McLeod in the slot is especially good news for Claypool's air yard share in this offense. So him and him and Deontay will get some duds here and there because of Big Ben. But I do think they should be in more starting lineups and not here moving forward. Uh, Michael Gallup is eligible to return off the IR from that calf per Steven Jones, though. Probably won't see him this week, but Gallup is right around the corner. So someone to continue to look at, you know, if you see him out in free agency because the return, even if it's not coming this week, is near. Uh, one of the funnier DMPs this week was Devontae Smith with a headache. He has overcome. He got he found his ibuprofen. Devontae Smith is good to go. Not listed on the final injury report. We have Terrence Marshall out again with a concussion. Dwayne, do you hate yourself enough to fire up Robbie Anderson at GPP this week? I think I do, but it'll be minimal exposure yeah. there. No, for sure. I did it. I did it the last two weeks. I've done the last like three. I'm, I'm pot committed, Ian. I'm pot committed. <laughs> I'm putting all the chips in the middle. Look, eventually some of this stuff, like look, Robbie's biggest Anderson, I mean, Robbie's biggest Anderson, Robbie's biggest problem has been Sam Darnold. Uh, just 
you know, only 55% of his passes have been catchable. And that's 21% below the NFL average. Now, Robbie hasn't been good in contested situations. He's catching like 13%, which is like, you know, 30% below the league average. So we've talked about it before. Those two things combined, it's just been problematic, but the targets are still there. And that's the thing we care about the most. Those other things, it's funny. They're really important until they're not all of a sudden anymore. And you're like, oh, wow, look at Robbie Anderson, three games where he's had eight catches each. Like, so I still lean towards that being the potential outcome versus just, you know, trying to be emotional and be stuck on, oh my God, Robbie Anderson just sucks. No, we know Robbie Anderson can be okay. Only three wide receivers with a catchable target rate under 60% this year. Elijah Moore, Robbie Anderson, and Odo Beckham. I'm not crying. You're crying. Kendrick Bourne, questionable with a knee, limited all week. If you look at the Patriots freaking injury report, they have like 14 or 15 questionable guys that were all limited all week. So just take Yeah, they're the same way. Typical <laughs> them, them the Browns and the, and the Broncos all do it. Seems like Bourne's going to play. I don't really know, though. I really think they're just going to embrace the run against his Chargers defense. So even Bourne being out, you know, I don't think it really impacts Myers or Nelson Aguilar all that much. You can feel slightly better, but just not really a passing game that I'm expecting to have a lot of volume this week. And finally, most importantly, Auden Tate questionable with a thigh. Heal up, Auden. You know, we're all rooting for you. And by we all, I mean mostly myself. Best. Number four wide receiver in the league. All the guy does is score touchdowns when you throw him the ball and yeah, get better on final thing here, Dwayne. So we talked a little about Van Jefferson earlier this week and how we shouldn't buy back into him because we saw him have this 90% snap rate before happened back in week two. Then Deshaun Jackson came really just played, uh, 20, 30% snaps and was kind of rotating with them target wise, area wise in particular for our next month. Now it comes out that Deshaun Jackson, I think because he has some incentives in his contract, he probably wants to hit, which yeah, go get paid, man. Makes sense. He is not happy being just kind of this one, two uh, shot a game receiver as their wide receiver four. he and the Rams are going to mutually look to try to trade him. So Man, that's pretty good. Now we can at seemingly lock in Van Jefferson. I'll, I'll, of course, so this could be a sign that maybe Tutu Atwell gets a little bit more involved. What was your reaction to that DJX trade news? Because I do feel better about Jefferson now maybe emerging as a more consistent flex. Yeah, and I mean, that, that could honestly be part of it as well, is that Jackson sees, wow, I mean, Jefferson is just a good young player, like – at the most I'm going to see is 20 to 30% of these routes, sometimes less, you know, each week. Um, so I, I think it does speak well to Jefferson, you know, for Jackson, I would love to see him be able to stay with a team like the Rams and just provide like that added spark whenever needed. Like at this point in your career, it's like, dude, you're not going to go be like, I don't know that you're even a two on most teams. And, and whenever you're out there that much, you're, I hate to say this, you're probably going to get hurt. Like, why not enjoy this ride that's the Rams offense? What if, like, Robert Woods went down? What if Van Jefferson went down? And you get to play on this team that could win a Super Bowl. Like, there's a lot of things that can happen. But, yes, for Jan for Van Jefferson, it's a good thing. For the Rams, I, I think they would, you know, obviously, who knows? Like, he may be upset and making noise in the locker room, so they feel like they have to do something. Um, but it is good for Van Jefferson. Before we get to tight ends and a couple more notes, people got to pay some quick bills. I invite you all, if you are not already subscribed to PFF, to do so and use code FANCY to save 25% off. What can you get with the PFF sub? I'm happy you asked. All of PFF's locked article content, weekly player rankings to help you set your lineup, strength, and schedule for every fantasy player. PFF's NFL and college football betting dashboards are Greg powered. Grade, powered projections, and cover probabilities, and more. So, again, 
Please, we all love you, the listeners out there. Support the pod and use promo code FANTASY for 25% off any PFF sub if you so desire. Also, want to note the NFL fans, if you're hungry for a big win this week, go to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, who has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. Pick the Rams. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. Again, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF. Bet just five bucks on any NFL team to win. Just pick the Rams and win $200 in free bets if they win. You win with promo code PFF this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. $1 wager. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com. For details. Gambling problem called 1-800-GAMBLER. And also, whether it's football success or financial savvy, the right questions help set the stage for winning strategies. Western and Southern is teaming up with PFS' very own Chris Collinsworth to share insights that can help put you ahead on both your fantasy and financial scorecards. Want to hear about Chris's old playing days or behind the scenes with Al on Sunday Night Football? How about a need to know for your financial future? Now you can ask about either or both. And every football financial question you ask earns you a chance to win a catered party for February's big game. Check out the Chris Collinsworth podcast. Dwayne and I were actually on that on the Friday edition. So go peep that for a lot of good fantasy talk and stories from Chris. And also check out Western Southern's Instagram for answers to the best questions each week. Submit your questions at westernsouthern.com slash Chris. One more time, that is westernsouthern.com slash Ask Chris. If you're watching on YouTube, check out the link in the description below. Remember, Western Southern, you can rest assured on game day. Final one, people, it's football season. You know what that means. It means we're going for two here at the sponsors of today's show. Manscaped, blitzing through hairs has never been easier. It's time you join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by using code PFF on manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. It's three and out the window with all other trimmers. Again, 20% off and free shipping with the code PFF on manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code PFF. Dwayne, tight end, Rob Gronkowski. He is listed as questionable. Seems like he is poised to come back, though, with this ribs issue holding him back the last several weeks. Still, I believe, ranks among the top 15 tight ends, if not even top 12 in fantasy points after all those two touchdown games to start the year. And by all, I mean two. But either way, Dwayne, Gronk, he's back in the tight end one range, particularly with AB out. Yeah, it was interesting because like when I looked at it yesterday, like they had him as a full practice Thursday and they had removed him like he didn't say questionable or anything or anything. And then like now today it's another LP and it gets questionable. So, yeah, uh, I'm guessing that Gronkowski is going to play. And as soon as he suits up, he belongs in the top 10 conversation. Um, I would say higher, you know, like maybe seven or eight, but we've just had a few other players emerge. And anytime you're dealing with a player that's playing with the kind of injury that he is, where there's a true risk of re-aggravating, especially playing the position that he does, um, you know, it's going to, it's going to keep him a little lower, but still top 10, you know, for, for tight ends, you know, I think that's fine. And he could earn his way um, up the pecking order from there. TJ Hawkinson, not listed. Great to see. He has been battling that ankle injury. Yeah. If we could ever just get DeAndre Swift off of there. Come on. They're not going to do it, though. A man can dream. Hawkinson keeps playing through the pain. You are obviously starting him if he is on the fantasy squad. Johnny Smith, yet another all-limited and questionable Patriot. Does seem like, I mean, he's been limited all week, so I would expect him to play through that shoulder injury. And he has been getting fed the ball a little bit more. He had like, a, he was getting fed in his like 17 snaps in this last one. But more than anything, I think him being active just makes you feel less good about Hunter Henry. And just both these guys, when they're active, aren't going to be anything more 
than touchdown dependent tight end twos more times than not. And really, I think the most interesting, one of the most interesting notes overall here, Dwayne, Eric Ebron is out starting yep. the week with a full practice and the hamstring has been ruled out now. Pat Fryermuth, he's one of several tight ends around yes. the league that is an overqualified tight end too, who we really can't get behind in fantasy land as long as they're splitting things with the starter. But Dwayne, now that he's out of the picture, I don't know if I can squeeze him in the top 12. I have Ricky Seals Jones as my tight end 12. I might try to get him right behind Ricky though. Yeah, I'm going to do the same thing. Um, and it, it's, it's the timing is kind of impeccable. Even, even though we only have two teams on by this week, they represent who Mark Andrews and Darren Waller. Yeah. So it's kind of, this is pretty big news. I think Fryermuth, you know, is a guy that he's going to be available on pretty much every wire, unless you play in a deeper, like tight end premium type format. Like, you know, we do over on our team with the FFPC. I'll certainly be looking to see if we can squeeze him in there. And Ian, God knows like everybody on our roster has been hurt. Um, and then you also have Dawson Knox out with a hand again this week. So some of you are hurting at tight end. And I do think that Firemuth could be a nice one week kind of, you know, solve the riddle for you until you get your other players back. Did mention Dawson Knox being out due to hand surgery. So Tommy Sweeney will be their tight end. If you are just beyond desperate. Okay. I do think we simply will see more four wide receiver stuff with Gabriel Davis. Who's an interesting punt play over on DraftKings. final note, Tyler Croft questionable with the back injury with the jets. Either way, don't play Ryan Griffin. Saw that every down roll that pretty much only I cared about last week, go back down. And there's just not enough in this jets passing game to expect anything from Griffin or really anyone else for that matter now some other injuries to look at trent williams i believe is listed as questionable but he could even just be ruled out he's got an ankle injury wasn't out there last week uh, you know obviously would be a downgrade for elijah mitchell and really this whole offense against the bears although the bears will be out and not have khalil mack with the foot issue so honestly man like Dwayne. The one thing I don't get, I just want Khalil Herbert everywhere this week and everything. Like, I don't know. People, I think, are still giving Damian Williams a little too much credit. It is possible that he was eased in last week because of him just getting activated off the COVID list. But when we got reporters saying that are, you know, in with in, in, plugged in with the Bears, when we got them saying that Herbert has seemingly already leaped Damian. He is now Montgomery's 1A backup. And we had Damian healthy enough to be active out there. Like Khalil Herbert has some of the lowest ownership projections among these running backs right now. I'm, I'm starting him everywhere in season long and probably going to lock button him in DFS too. I've got him at 24. So I have him right there. 24 um, I, like why he should be higher than 80 percent snap back I, I get it but i mean i just have i mean i have a lot of players like that this week ahead of him i got Where do you have elijah I mitchell got, i got devonta booker i'd rather start elijah mitchell than why? i would he doesn't Khalil catch Herbert. a ball <laughs> tell us how you really feel like i have them in the same tier i've got all these guys in tier four so like it, when i do a tier it's basically like if you want to argue you one don't need way, to cheer me Dwayne. i, I the argue the other yeah, it's like I would be okay with that. Like I've got Chuba Hubbard, Chase Edmonds, Antonio Gibson, Khalil Herbert. Like those guys are pretty much all the same, you know, to me, you know, this week. I think Herbert's matchup, you know, his RB strength of schedule is a four. His offensive line run blocking advantage is a three. Whenever I look at Elijah Mitchell, I've got run block strength advantage of six or sorry, 55, a plus 55. And I've got a running back strength of schedule of a six. So it's really just a, 
hat tip to Elijah Mitchell's, honestly, the matchup is a little bit better. I just trust the offense a little bit more. But yes, Herbert is an every down back. I do think there is the slight question, which you actually planted into my brain. And now you're going to argue with me about it. You planted this into my brain earlier in the week that maybe it was just because Damien was coming back from COVID, Dwayne. So I, that Ian's voices have been in my head. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get Cole Herbert, my top 24, but I'm going to put him at 24 because Ian could be right. And now no. Ian's going to now, now Ian's slapping me in the face about it, but whatever, man. No, now I'm slapping you in the face. Cause I didn't even mention all the 49ers injuries on defense before going in on that D four with the concussion is doubtful linebacker. Aziz Arshair doubtful with the concussion. Samson Abukum questionable with an ankle. Javon Kinlaw ruled out for the season. Dwayne, it's Khalil Herbert week. Whether you want to admit it or not, Khalil Herbert is a good running back, and he's going. I have him as you a low-end RB2. You hate him. A low-end RB2. So where do you have Khalil Herbert? RB16. Okay. Yeah, so he would guess what? He would be the top player in my Tier 4 if I move him up. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm I do hear what you're saying. Like, look, I do hear what you're saying. Like, it, he did. He played a ton last week, and he's looked great. It's not – with Herbert, what I like with some of these guys, like you can kind of hear us tongue in cheek. Like if you folks listen to us enough, like <laughs> as much as you know, I'm like the utilization person and I love all that stuff. Like we still love talent. Like what yeah. I like about Herbert is I get utilization. And when I watch him, it's fun. It's exciting. Like when I watch Daryl Williams, no offense. Like, it's like, I'm just like, well, he's getting touches and he's in a good <laughs> offense. When I watch Devonte Booker, it's like, well, he's at least getting touches. Yeah. <laughs> when I watch Herbert, it's like, he's getting touches and wow, like he looks good. Like, is he maybe better than David Montgomery? Like is the first thing that pops into my head. So uh, I probably have some tweaking to do, um, but I hear you. I hear what you're saying. I, I appreciate that real quick. Just some extra injury stuff that comes in as we are recording this at 5 PM on Friday, Levante David stud Buccaneers linebacker got in a full practice on Friday, still listed as questionable, but expecting him to be able to return, which is great. And we have Richard Sherman actually listed as questionable with that hamstring injury. So potential for Buccaneers to get some reinforcement in the secondary on the same side of things. Deontay Harris is questionable with the hamstring injury. He was limited on Thursday and Friday, just a small kind of downer to Marquez's Callaway potential ceiling. We do continue to have Taysom Hill out. He has not returned to practice since having that concussion continues to clear things up for everybody involved near the red zone. Just, I believe that about covers it, Dwayne. We still might get some of the uh, West Coast guys bringing yeah. in some stuff in the afternoon. But, yeah, I think we are pretty much good. Anything else you want to get off your chest before we go participate in Friday Night Shenanigans? Uh, no, I'm ready for Friday night shenanigans. Um, no, I think we, I was just looking back through the list to make sure there wasn't anything else, um, which we kind of craft this together. So, I mean, I'll just say the name Auden Tate again, just because you know, <laughs> this is your podcast. So Keep you in your prayers, things. everyone. Auden Tate, we need him out um, there. Yeah, no, I think we got everything, man. Um, good luck to everybody this weekend. Um, it's kind of nice. You know, it, this is a little bit of a lighter injury week overall than what we've seen. And we've got most teams playing. So hopefully it's not anything like last week that some of us had to go through. I had some teams last weekend. I'm not going to lie. I don't know how people feel about this, but I look more kind of the long-term strategy. I had a few teams where literally I didn't want to drop someone just to pick up someone that I knew really sucked bad. And so I just... I, I took a zero, yeah. uh, you know, in a couple of spots, <laughs> some positions last week, because I'm like, I'm not releasing this person <laughs> to pick up this other person just for one week. Uh, so this week's, I feel a lot better. I feel more relaxed. I feel chill. I feel ready for the weekend. It's a week to week league, Dwayne. 
week to week league. Uh, one final note, Jalen Ramsey is now questionable with an illness when they're listed with an illness. I mean, it basically rules out COVID because otherwise they would be on the COVID IR. We'll see. Hopefully he didn't uh, eat at Chipotle either way. I mean, it'd be a nice boost for Brandon cooks still not exactly loving him um, as long as Davis Mills is under center. And I guess that is, would be the one note we forgot to mention Tyrod Taylor will not be starting this week. That will be Davis Mills again. Uh, they scored 22 points against the Patriots. Otherwise, they have not cracked even 10 with Davis under center. This could be a sheesh for me. So, yeah, just try to, you know, avoid those Texans for the most part. Dwayne, actually, we haven't talked yet about David Johnson, right? What's your kind of feel here now that Mark Ingram is out of town? I think that if we can hopefully get this condensed around two running backs now, because it really is two. When we see Rex Burkhead there, he's only playing a few snaps as it is. It really isn't a three back uh, committee. So if it's only two between Lindsay and David, you know, don't freak out. But I think David Johnson could become a fairly consistent RB three, at least someone that we're not just completely writing off every single week. If he keeps the pass down work and then starts actually getting 10 or so carries per game. From a talent perspective, I like Lindsay because he's got the younger legs. But to your point, in an offense that's going to trail all the time, if this, you know, I, I don't know how much it helps David Johnson just because like he was already getting that role anyway. So like I, I feel like Lindsay's going to get more of the early down role. But if it does equal like a broadening and role for anyone to where it could all of a sudden make them, you know, viable somehow in fantasy, especially like in thin bye weeks and stuff, it probably is David Johnson. Yeah. But, but I still, I mean, I still don't trust it because I know Burkhead's been the RB4, but look, this is what coaching tree. <laughs> this is the coaching tree that comes from the world of running back by committee. So for all we know, Burkhead will now, where before he was getting just a few snaps as the fourth player, now he'll be elevated to the third player and be that jack of all trades kind of thing again. So we'll just have to see, but I, if I had to pick one that I was just wanting to put, you know, a chip on to say, Hey, maybe in three or four weeks, this could matter to me. I still think it's Philip Lindsay. I'd just rather take the younger player that I've liked. I've, I've watched him in the past and thought that he was an under underrated asset. Um, but at the same time, like if he's in the old marking and role, even if he fully assumes that we never wanted to play marking. Yeah. Because that's, it's like they trail, that's, and that's the my thing with it. Like I agree with you. I think Lindsay is better than David Johnson as a rusher in the year 2021. But we know Lindsay isn't getting the pass down work. David has it, and he. I think there's a better if chance he, that he, yeah, David if he could expand that. into Ingram's role, you're right. I mean, he'd be the one that we could, and we can. Yeah, we have some of these players every year, right? Where we're like, wow, we really don't want to start them, but every time we look down, we're like, wow, 13 points. Whew. That, that got me through. <laughs> if, if there was a player that I had to say is most likely to give me 13 points, whew, got me through like, and put hyphens in between those. That's actually a description and then put David, you know, uh, David Johnson's name. Yes. Okay. I hope you all have enjoyed our discussion on just some terrible <laughs> players throughout this edition of the PFF fantasy football podcast. So truly hope everyone has a great weekend. Go bucks beat the shit out of those Nittany lions. And for Dwayne, I'm Ian until next time. Take care everybody. everybody.